There it is. Wherever you are, whenever you are, and however you happen to be listening, we are so glad you've chosen to tune in to DLC. Especially if you're one of our geeks in sneaks using this podcast to power you through a workout or a run. Fear not. We will help the only way we know how by being in your ear holes for 90 plus minutes of gaming goodness because DLC is your downloadable commentary for the week delivered the way we love it to be. And that is completely free. Thanks to our sponsor this week, Squarespace. Squarespace. Squarespace brings the show to you. DLC, of course, the show all about games and their many forms. Games played on desktops, laptops, and consoles. Also, games that involve dice, luck, and cardboard. I am your host, Jeff Kanata. That's spelled with two N's and one T. And I am joined, as always, by my friend slash co-host slash nemesis. The guy who stepped up and did the show by himself last week. Oh, my goodness. Thank you, Christian Spicer. Christian Spicer, everybody. Um, yeah. Hey, ring, ring. Um uh, hey Jeff, uh, ring, 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 uh, ring. Hello, ring. yeah. I, I, is the the studio phone is ringing? Oh, yeah. Um, okay, I guess I'll I'll answer it. Hello. Yeah. Hey, this is Mark, and I just want to say, Mark, um, last week's episode was phenomenal. Um, mm. We have this. I have the stats here right in front of me yeah. as I look at this. Mark from marketing, everybody. It's an unusual treat to hear from Mark from marketing. Mark. Uh, you're saying the show did well without me, is what you're La- saying. Last week's show was the most listened to show, Tiny Asterix, and it was the most popular show, Tiny Asterix, and it was the best show, Tiny Asterix, that DLC, Tiny Asterix, ever did, Tiny Asterix, and the metrics are just, look, we created a happiness profile, mm, and mm-hmm, our listeners, mm. we, we came up with our own you know requirements for what it meant, but they had never been happier. Oh, if you scroll never been down happier. The bottom, the uh, tiny asterisk just says like of shows Christian hosted alone, but hmm. just off the charts, real, real hit, real hit of a show. Wow. Uh, well, I, I appreciate you being on top of the, the metrics, Mark. Um, uh, you know, I, I can't help but feel a, a little bit like I'm being pushed out here. Uh, <laughs> but I, I know you and Christian have <laughs> become real tight over the years. <laughs> I'm glad to have you back, my friend. We love you, you so much. Hey, I want to say a quick thank you to all the folks that sent kind words my way. Um, as many of you probably already know, I uh, had some some family health issues this, this last couple of weeks. Um, we got some real... Real disheartening um, news regarding my daughter's uh, diagnosis for my daughter, a genetic diagnosis for my daughter that um, was pretty, pretty terrible. And uh, it happened right before having to do podcasts. So Christian was very gracious and stepped in. And now I'm realizing it was all a ploy just to uh, host a solo show, which, you know, I think has been the plan for years now. Uh, But anyway, people have been very kind and uh, reached out to me. since then with lots of kind wishes and uh, offers of support. And uh, it is very much appreciated. Thank you very much. I won't burden you with um, the details of all of that. I will say that we have a lot of reason to be hopeful about my daughter, Zoe. Um, she had her third birthday this, this last weekend. Uh, we have a lot of reason to be hopeful. So um, thank you all for your kind wishes. It is really appreciated. I'm grateful for this community. 
And uh, I'm excited to talk about video games, which is what we're here to do. So we're going to have some fun and talk about video games. we got a lot to talk about. There are some huge releases. There's some big news. And on top of all that, we have a fantastic guest to do it with. You know, the DLC always stands for your downloadable Kanata and your downloadable Christian. But this week, I am so excited because DLC stands for detonating large combustibles. Because from Giant Bomb, we have video producer Jan Ochoa here with us us for the first time. Hey, Jan. Hey, how's it going, y'all? Wow, I was wondering how you'd work dlc into jan downloadable cool guy that's how it is yep that's all I'll one word that. i can do downloadable cool guy i like that <laughs> i like that um excited to have you on the show a fan of the stuff that you are a part of um and we got lots to get to so let's jump in and start the show the way we always do with story of the week story of the week it's the story of the week Story of the Week is the part of the show where we make our case for the most important stories that happen in the world of games this week. You can always submit stories for our consideration by sending us an email to dlcfeedback at gmail.com. You can also send comments, questions, even your own reviews there if you'd like us to read those on the show. dlcfeedback at gmail.com is where you do that. We also have a subreddit, 5x5dlc.reddit.com, and a Discord, which is also 5x5dlc, with fantastic folks great community and a place to submit stories if you'd like to do that but jan you are our guest so you get Ooh. first pick of stories Ooh. what would you consider to be your story of the week hmm i'm re-scrolling through this list and i gotta say that i think the very first one uh is speaking to me here the surprise sony state of play that popped on um i don't even remember hearing it be announced until the day of and that was yeah. a fun fun watch through yeah, I, you know, it's it's. I like that you bring it up that way because in this era, this sort of post Nintendo directification, as I like to call it, of the entire industry, where everybody's mm-hmm. adopted that methodology, uh, it's kind of fun because we can have. You know, usually in the in the olden days, it was these big tentpole dates on the calendar when mm. you know companies will talk at E three or Gamescom or Tokyo Game Show or whatever it is. Uh, now. Hey, can, any day can be a fun day. Uh, and so, yeah, you, we got this uh, Sony State of Play. It was relatively short. I think it was around 20 minutes long, yeah. all told. Uh, focusing heavily on the upcoming Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart a game from Insomniac, but also uh, mentioning some other cool stuff, including Among Us coming to uh, PlayStation, uh, the uh, Subnautica, uh, Subnautica expansion called... Uh, below zero coming to playstation 4 and 5 um and uh i think that was it what what was your favorite part of this data play uh definitely the new footage we were seeing from rift apart i've been trying to go without getting a ps5 for as long as i can because you know it's a little bit of a, a little bit of an expenditure um but after seeing this video and then seeing returnal I feel like I gotta I gotta line up in the virtual queues and try my luck at trying to acquire a PS5 to yeah. eventually play uh, Ratchet and Clank. And you know, I, I I think with the previous games with Jack and Daxter, there's always been the mentality of like it's like we're playing a cartoon. It's like Pixar come to life. Yeah. But this time, this time for real, for real, it's like okay, now it looks like we actually are playing 
in animated film and everything looks bonkers. It's so true. I, I just watched uh, Mitchell's versus the machines this oh, weekend, which is yeah. great. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's very hard to tell the difference between what we saw with ratchet and clank a rift apart mm-hmm. and, uh, and what's, you know, what's on as big screen, you know, a movie quality animation. It, it, it's really, the line is, is very, very thin at this point. Um, and man, that, that footage looks so, so great. I, right before coming on tonight, I saw a tweet about, uh, I guess, Intel's CEO is saying that the chip shortage is going to last another year. Uh, so I, I'm, I wish you luck on the PlayStation 5 hunt because it sounds <laughs> like it's going to be, it's going to continue to be hard for everybody. Yeah. Um, um, I don't know if you guys know, but there are sneaker websites that are reselling um, PS5s now. Like oh, yeah. Before you could just buy a new pair of Jordans or a limited <laughs> run of a pair of Dunks. But now you can either buy graphics cards or PS5s. Are so. those sneaker websites also run by uh, the son of a Nike? Or I guess it'd be a Sony executive this time. Do you, do you ever hear? We, I don't know if we talked about that story, Jeff, but there was one of those sneaker sites that uh, like the person running it was the child of a Nike high, 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 high level Nike executive. <laughs> Illusion. <laughs> Hilarious. The person that gave out a big interview, like, yeah, you know, my mom doesn't help me, but, and everybody was like, oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just a coincidence that I have all the shoes before everybody else. Uh, yeah, it's a bummer what's what's happening with all that stuff. But yeah. um, that, that doesn't take away from how great Ratchet and Clank looks. And oh, yeah. it really does look great. I mean, they're focusing more on, I think, some details uh, about how the weapons are going to work. Um, we got a name for that new uh, female... Lobax, they're called Lobaxes, right? Lobax, Lombax, Lombax. 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 yes, yeah, Lombax. Thank you. Um, her name is Rivet. Rivet, which is lovely. I think pretty cool. She will be a playable character, which is going to be pretty cool. Uh, Christian, what did you think of the footage we saw from Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart? It's stunning. Uh, there's been the the you know image. I guess it's been going around on Twitter. I think uh, Lana tagged us both in it as well, Jeff. Of like uh, the eyes have ray tracing. You know, yeah. like yeah. And James Stevenson kind of put that out again as well. And it's kind of. I mean, it's it's stunning. It is absolutely stunning how good this game looks. Um, man, now I'm blinking on this. I had those first two names, and I'm blinking on this. Someone tweeted out recently, like, what's you know, a quarter into the year, a third into the year, what's your game of the year for 2021? Um, this Ratchet and Clank trailer. Like, <laughs> it, it looks so good. It has, it captures everything I like about the series. It seems to, and the, what the, in that trailer, I mean, not even a trailer, it's like a 15 minute playthrough. Um, the way they kind of just subtly at first flexed the SSD loads. And then yeah. they talked about it, but the first few times they showed it, it was just like, boom, like oh you can use this tool to pull yourself through a level and it's like that's still a whole new perspective load that that's doing yeah and they showed that that big fight i I don't know if it was a boss fight i don't think it was a boss fight but it was a a big fight uh and they're like yeah and we you know we loaded into a different dimension now and this isn't just a an arena that we loaded into it's literally the entire level and i in my head i went that's amazing, but why? Like, I'm fighting this one guy. You don't need to load the whole level around him, you know? Like, it's yeah. pretty wild. It looks so good, though. And, and like, the fluidity, I know they updated the PS4 one now with, like, 60 frames, but to see this and to know that it has all these bells and whistles at 60 frames, 
Um, it's such a fluid, beautiful looking game. It's yeah. Ooh, June 11th wait. cannot come soon enough. Mm. Uh, the wait, the wait on Ratchet and Clank. It, it really does feel like, uh, you know, the, the big coming out party for the PS5. I mean, there's been great PS5 games already. Totally. Uh, but man, this one just feels like it's, it's really proving the power of the hardware uh, in a way that nothing else has yet. Um, and I'm so excited for that. I'm also excited, though, for the uh, expansion for Subnautica, the Below Zero expansion, which is great. I mean, you're talking about Games of the Year. Subnautica, the year it came out, was on my Games of the Year list because of the VR version in particular. It was so awesome and immersive, and I love that game. I think that game, I know it's sold a boatload of copies, and a lot of people like it, but it still feels like one of these underappreciated games that nobody really talks about enough. Subnautica is fantastic. And I, I think the uh, below zero expansion on PlayStation five looks really slick. Looks like they did a really good job with it. So, uh, and I guess there, another thing they announced was that if you have Subnautica on PlayStation four, you'll get the upgraded PlayStation five for free, which is Ooh. pretty cool. So that was the Sony state of play. It was, you know, quick jump in, give you 20 minutes of goodness and jump out. I love that. I love these little blips of news it doesn't have to be a whole hour, hour and a half presentation. It can just be that. And I love it. Oh, that's what this podcast is for. We take that 20 minutes of <laughs> yeah, news. Spread it out. <laughs> yeah, we pontificate. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, Christian Spicer, what is your story of the week? I want to keep on this ray traced eyes train, huh? ray tracing and train. Um, for Digital Foundry did an exclusive look at the Metro Exodus PC only mm. enhanced edition. And if you listen to the show regularly, it's no secret that I am a NVIDIA fan. Uh, GeForce Now is one of my favorite streaming options. It's incredible. I've played through probably a third of Outriders that way. Um, we both have 3080s, Jeff, um, that were NVIDIA provided. Yes. Caveat. But I love, and we talked about it before, I love the tech they're pushing and the things they do. My slightly blurred background. I have a nice camera. That's slightly blurred background. That's NVIDIA's doing. That's real back oh. there, but it's slightly blurred. Um, and so this now is kind of that next flex. It's an old game, Metro Exodus, old, air quote. And it had ray tracing in it to begin with. And now- 2019, old 2019. 20, yeah. Old 2019. And the PC version had ray tracing in it. But now this is a PC only up, a new game that's free if you had it, but it exists as its own thing that- has to be ray tracing you have to have an rtx card in order to play it and they just went pedal to the metal ray tracing they talk about in this digital foundry video and some of the stuff from uh, nvidia and the folks at uh the developer how the first time they were kind of building the game with traditional style lighting methods involved and then they kind of added ray tracing later and now it's all all ray trace so there's examples of turning on a flashlight and how that just changes the illumination in the room. And I love seeing this PC next gen muscle. <laughs> you know, I want to see Ray yeah. Traced Eyes and Ratchet and Clank, but this I want to see. And I'm so excited that they're going back and doing it uh, on Metro, which I think is a, a fantastic game, but a game that had ray tracing. And now it has well, better ray tracing. I think, I think, you know, the details of how they're doing it is is pretty amazing. I mean, you talk about it requiring an RTX card, and it's really because, at least according to them, if you walked into a room without ray tracing enabled, the room would be dark. 
it would be completely black because there's no light every light is bouncing the only light sources are bouncing off of other things it's all nothing about it is faked and in the original version there was ray tracing but it was ad hoc sort of tacked onto a game that had already been in development for a long time without that feature and so they had already built in the normal way games do lighting which is fake right faked sources of lighting that aren't actually traced around the environment don't actually bounce off of things and and illuminate other surfaces in in that way and they added some of that in uh but now the entire game world is only illuminated in that way and i guess even some of the the levels themselves have been sort of tweaked to take advantage of that and and to do it better um it really does feel like it's going to be a showpiece for these what these cards are able to, able to do right now, which is pretty exciting. It's just I wish it was a game that I liked more. It's just <laughs> a game world that I don't like being in. But it's oppressive, and I think it's interesting. And people are commenting like that looks fake now, like it's way too bright. And it's like no, no, that, that's real. Like, that's, <laughs> yeah. like in, in the real world, if lights coming in through a window, the only light in the room isn't that triangle of light, like it spreads out like, Oh, it's going to ruin the atmosphere of the game. It's going to be too, too bright now. Um, I'm, I'm super excited. It's weird. Metro Exodus is a game that I think didn't necessarily get the acclaim it deserved when it first came out because it was kind of a departure for that series. So the big Metro stands weren't like coming to defend it. And then new folks to the series, I think might've been taken aback by, it still is a little resource managey. It's a little oppressive. It's still claus- you know, it's it's this atmosphere. It's not a it's not Borderlands. Um, right. But I'm super excited to revisit it. With I'm just going to be going like, and, and it, oh, they said you can do this. You can just load into levels. Just look at the lighting. So Jan, oh, I am great. just going to be jumping into my favorite levels and looking at the lights. Perfect. Yeah, I mean that's my only experience, at least prolonged experience with ray tracing so far has been with minecraft and yeah. uh it looks spectacular on minecraft doesn't it? it it does it's amazing that just all these blocky textures can look so good yeah um and i was literally just i dug a hole and i just put it kept slapping a torch on the wall taking it off slapping it off <laughs> taking it off and just thinking like wow this looks great okay yeah. i'm done now um <laughs> but hearing that you can pop into any level because s- similar to jeff like i've i've kind of been metro exodus curious of the whole series but the world has kind of been a little a little tense and scary, a little too yeah. scary for me that I haven't wanted to dive deep in. But, you know, if I could see some lights peeking through, I'd, I'm game. Yeah, I think, you know, especially after the last year of of our all of our global lives, uh, yeah, I'm less inclined to want to hang out in, in sort of gloomy, post-apocalyptic, you know, realism. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I, I think the game looks looks spectacular and no word yet on whether this version of the game will come to the next-gen consoles. Currently, it's PC only. They, they right. said, like... But it certainly seems like it could be possible, right? Certainly it seems like these these boxes are supposed to be able to do that. So Maybe. it'll be interesting. <laughs> I, but I hope so. And that's what I like about... And I don't know who's started this. I don't know if this was an NVIDIA initiative or if the developers wanted to do that. But I, I like seeing that. I like seeing the tech pushed forward. You see the first examples of it and then it becomes mainstream. And then it'll be, you know, at some point, like the review will be like, and their eyes aren't ray traced. Like that, we will just expect it, you know, like, um, so I really love seeing this stuff becoming yeah. more mainstream. And 4A Games is always trying to push the cutting edge of 
of graphical fidelity. And I, I just think it does feel like a labor of love from them. I, I don't know, like you said, I don't know the deal behind it. Maybe it was uh, incentivized by some of these, these uh, card manufacturers, but also you can't get the cards either. So, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I don't Am know. I got a website for you, Jeff. Yeah. Is, is, <laughs> can I get sneakers there? Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> Amazing. Um, boy, lots of, uh, lots of juicy stories still left to go. Um, I actually want to bring up a new game announcement just because I think it's so interesting. This is my story of the week. Uh, it got me, it, it was a surprise game announcement just sort of popped up on the, um, on steam as a, as a announcement of what will be an early access game. Uh, but it is the new game from, uh, Luke Schneider who was one of the people behind Red Faction Guerrilla, which is still holds a very, very special place in my heart. Uh, Red Faction Guerrilla was a game. It was a crazy sequel to a, a kind of a weird game in and of itself. In Red Faction Guerrilla, if you never played it, it you could really destroy everything. It was a, You could knock down every building, break every wall, smash everything. And it was so much fun. It, the, the game was a big open world sandbox. Story was pretty terrible. Uh, you know, it's it's dated now, but it everything was made out of sort of uh, Lincoln logs, you know, not really Lego brick. It was more like Lincoln logs, big long slats of things. And you had this sledgehammer that you get right at the beginning of the game and the sledgehammer will just take out buildings. So you could really decide to, you know, you want to infiltrate this enemy stronghold. You could just run around behind to the back and smash mm -hmm. a hole in the wall or knock the whole thing down with explosives in your sledgehammer. Anyway, tons of fun because of that kind of chaos and the extreme destructibility of the environments. And a lot of that was due to Luke Schneider's uh, influence. He was, he was one of the big um, uh, guys who worked on the tech for that game at Volition. Well, he has since become a one-man developer and his new game has be, has been announced uh, going into early access, I think, by the end of the year. Uh, it is going to be called Instruments of Destruction. And as you may be able to intuit from that title, it carries forward this kind of same sense of, of ultimate destructibility. <laughs> this one, you're building vehicles, and they're all modular, and you can kind of stick them together. It kind of looks like Lego style. Uh, and then you smash into stuff. And really, that's enough for me to know that I'm excited about this game. Did you get a chance to look at this, Jen? Yeah, I I absolutely loved Red Faction. It was probably I'm bold statement here one of the best demos for a game ever because it just lets you run around that first uh, area with um with a sledgehammer and I think with some C4 packs. Yeah. Um, staring at like the early trailers for this on Steam, it, it gives me like a good nuts and bolt banjo kazooie nuts and bolts vibe to yes, it where totally like i can't wait to slap together an absolute monstrosity of a vehicle that can barely move but it'll just <laughs> tumble through what we need it to tumble through yeah um oh gosh single-handedly too very very impressive i know nothing about game development but uh to get Seems any hard. type of <laughs> i think it, yeah, it's pretty hard um <laughs> any type of uh destructible environments especially just on one person just seems like a tall tall task yeah and and um on the steam page it looks like it's a two cranes slapped together i think but yeah yeah that should that should tear through a building just fine <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, it looks it looks super fun. I mean, I, no real indication of what the actual um, you know structure of the game will be as far as you know goals or methodology or or you know story of any kind. But if just as a pure kind of Gary's mod esque chaos, I'm in already. Yeah, and it sounds like you know the, their their press release for this announcing the game and saying that it is going to start in early access. So it's, you know, it's not even in early access yet. This is an announcement of early access and an announcement that the game will be developed with a lot of player feedback taken into account, which is pretty cool. It sounds like it's going to be, um, a, you know, a long development process, single developer, you know, one one person making it. So I think players who jump on board will probably have a lot of influence as to how this game goes. And it just it just seems really fun. Christian, did you get a chance to look at this? Yeah, and I got to say, as a guy who um, hosted a podcast by himself, I'm pretty sure game development's the same. You just <laughs> talk into a microphone yeah. for an over an hour and you have a game. Uh, well, I love. You're right. The, the level of destructibility certainly is the same. <laughs> <laughs> On the Steam page, it says, "Create is quote create crazy construction vehicles and use them to demolish buildings and complete various objectives." Like this is every Saturday afternoon when I was nine until 12, like building things. And then you get the hot wheels track where you can like supercharge your car and then you let it go and you see what all falls down. And it's like, I'm super curious to see how they do or how he um, creates the objectives. I think that will be, you know, a lot of the, the fun on that, but it looks, it looks cool. I like things falling apart. Um, I also really love the, the perspective. Because yeah, this could yeah. very well have been sort of a, you know, inside the car, typical third person action game, like like Red Faction Guerrilla. But it's this isometric perspective in 3D. And I, I find that really compelling and interesting. It looks different than I expected it to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's Instruments of Destruction. And you can check out its Steam page. Like I said, it's not even in early access yet. You can basically only wish list it at this point, which I have. Uh, and uh, I'm excited to see how it how it develops uh, over well, the what course happens of its is, though, As you wish list it, it then destroys your entire wish list. And that oh, <laughs> classic. Yeah it's, it's, yeah, it's classic instrument of destruction. So <laughs> buyer beware. A uh, couple of other stories I wanted to hit on and get your feedback on, fellas. Uh, the first is that Microsoft announced a cut in their take. On the game store, their game store, the uh, Xbox game store, I guess it's called. Um, You know, we've seen a lot of this recently. In fact, there was a a much publicized anonymous developer survey uh, of Steam developers asking whether or not they think Steam earns their 30% take of of all revenues in the the, uh, Steam online store. And uh, I guess a huge percentage of the developers that responded said, not really. And we've seen the Epic Game Store be very aggressive with their pricing to try to lure developers there, taking only 12% of revenue. And now Microsoft is doing something similar. Starting August 1st, my birthday, uh, Microsoft will take a smaller cut of all the PC sales of games listed on the Microsoft PC Game Store. Uh, the net revenue that developers will get will go up from 70% all the way to 88%. So they're down in the the sort of epic game store level of, of 12% uh, that they're taking. Jan, what do you make of this? Um, 
do you think this makes the Microsoft Game Store a more viable platform? Or actually, maybe I should start with, how do you view the Microsoft Game Store now? The Microsoft Games platform across the board, whether it's console and PC, is is an interesting environment with, with Game Pass, right? Like, if you can't get your hands on a PS5, but you see uh, a new Xbox, it's almost a fool's errand to not sign up for Games Pass with... Uh, the whole library that they have available right now, because some games, even it's day and date that's yeah. available on games pass uh, or game pass. Sorry. Um, it's, I think it's interesting. And I think it's Microsoft really starting to buckle down and try and be a little bit more competitive in the PC game atmosphere. Um, maybe they're testing the waters in it, it, them only implementing this uh, on the PC side of the store. I know the PC game pass is not does not share the same amount of uh, games available on the console version. But I find this really interesting, and and any type of kickback to developers that they can get, a hundred percent, I support that by any means. Um, yeah, yeah, it certainly seems to favor help out the the little guys, right? The yeah. the folks that are trying to get noticed on those game stores, the indie developers who are just who are you know probably have a lower price point anyway, and are getting a a tiny fraction of that money. Well, not tiny fraction. It's the majority, but still getting more of that money, I think is probably yeah. going to be good for them. Um, Christian, what do you think? Do you, do you think that having, you know, Epic game store, steam, Microsoft game store, uh, clearly the competition is working out better for developers. Do you think it's working out better for us, the end users as well? Yes, if it means more people get to make games. I, I think that this is actually all about Apple, though, more than anything else. Mm. This huh. They're only doing it on PC. On Xbox, they're still getting their 30%. They've both kind of bent over backwards. Sony and Microsoft have kind of bent over backwards before. Even Epic has argued that, like, consoles are different because they're not suing PlayStation or Microsoft. Um, so this change happens on the eve of the epic versus apple lawsuit apple also just lost an antitrust regulation case in europe um spotify is going for them and and microsoft has not i don't think they filed an amicus brief in the epic case but they've been back channel very friendly and supportive of of those um that suit and so i think this is kind of a silent like <laughs> we now look what we did because Microsoft did it for games on PC only, which is a tiny fraction of their revenue. They didn't do it for um, their non-gaming applications, as far as I know, um, that are sold through that store. So it's it's kind. Of, yes, I think it's great because you know devs making more money hopefully means that more devs make games and more of them are able to survive. But it does feel curious. <laughs> well, notably, both Apple and Google in their app store have lowered revenue cuts to 15% on the first million dollars made by the developers. So yeah, Apple you know, is tiered, I believe. And that was a change yeah. because of a lot of this pushback, which I think is probably good um, as maybe someone who's drank too much of the Apple Kool-Aid. I do enjoy that closed system as a user, as a user. I'm sure as a developer, I would not, but as a user, I like knowing that this app I download works and blah, 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 blah. Right. Um, do I find it annoying because of those rigmaroles? I had to wait for a Game Pass Safari extension to be developed, or if I want a comic and comicsology, I can't buy it in the app because Amazon. It, it's complex, but yeah, I, I do like seeing people that make the games make more of the money. Now, if only the companies that made the games also 
paid the people who make the games more of the money too we'd be <laughs> yes jan i don't know how much of a pc gamer you are but do you do you favor one place to get games over the others or do you go where the best deal is uh you know sometimes i'll go where the best deal is i feel like i'm fairly new to pc gaming finally got my hands on one uh like a comparable pc maybe two three years ago so catching up on a huge huge backlog it turns out turns out <laughs> pc games pretty good and, yeah, um, for a while they've been, been around yeah, a while. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um but i i feel lately at least i've been finding myself going to, actually to um itch.io or itch.io oh, yeah. yeah uh mostly because it reminds me of the early days for me on the internet with newgrounds uh and finding a bunch of flash games and like itch you'll find a, a various multitude of stuff whether you have to you have to question is this a game or is this just like a flashy gif okay i think it's a game okay <laughs> like there i found five ddr clones and one i think was also a visual novel at the same time <laughs> Amazing. um so you know itch.io go there for all your if you've ever thought of a game combination because it it probably exists there um but as far as like the bigger platforms lately it's um it's actually been microsoft because of game pass yeah um it's huge yeah it's a great reason i mean it's a great reason yeah uh, i i go just check in and see what's available on pc game pass all the time just and i wish it was updated as frequently as the console game pass seems to be yeah uh, but i think it's getting there um but yeah you know i i i still feel like steam is sort of my home page for lack of a better term um uh, that my default position is like, I kind of want my stuff on steam and I kind of like having all my stuff in one spot yeah. because I, for, sometimes I forget I have something over on the Epic game store because it just doesn't feel like the homepage, you know? Um, that's, but I, that, sorry. That's what we happened with streaming services. This was yesterday. We were going to, wanted to watch something with the kids. I wanted this nature documentary. And I was like, what is it called? It's night animals, animals at night, animals. at. Where is that? I saw it in a thing and we checked all of them. We went to like Amazon, Netflix. It was like, oh, it's Apple TV plus animals at night in color. And like, <laughs> it's just, it's in, cause you can't channel. It's like open one app, wait for it to load. Can See I tell the, you something? Uh, yeah. Get a Roku, dude. Well, I have Apple a Roku. technically has that too, but I hate it. Uh, it works really well for me on Roku because I'm like I search for the thing on the Roku and it's like here's the four places it is okay. and two of them you don't even have loaded on this system right now it just that's where it is and it tells you the price of the thing uh, you know comparatively to all the other it's great okay I, I yeah. might be sold yeah I've liked like Apple anyway I, I'm in an ecosystem so long that I don't like upgrade as it does and I'm like no 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 Apple don't force this through me through your TV app I have my own system and then two years later I complain about the system that I've created <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's totally how it is yeah but I think we kind of need that with with PC gaming right because, yes yeah. yes it's just, it's like where is I want to play that where is it I don't yeah. know Discord I mean, was trying to have their own launcher for a while, right? And yes, I was kind of all for that because Discord is like one of the first things I fire up. And then, ah, oh, man, just seeing that not necessarily tank, but yeah, them pivoting away from it was a little bit of a bummer. Yeah, that's a great point. I, I, I think somebody could be successful pulling that off, like you know, in the sort of the same sense that Roku has. Um, I'll tell you where I don't look for games on my desktop. 
Because if I add a PC game to my desktop, I end up hating it. Like it's just, I'm like, I'll play this a lot. Ugh, forever reminder. Yeah. Need to keep it buried. <laughs> I thought you were saying you need to keep it bare. I want to keep my desktop bare. I hate when it's like, do you, do you want us to add an icon to your desktop? No, never. How about we, how about we, we auto never start? Never do that. Auto start? Start on launch? Start on yeah, launch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If start on launch means I already hate your program. If you, if you think I want you to start when I launch my computer, I hate you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. This episode uh, of DLC now starts on listen. Pick up your phone. <laughs> <laughs> that I could get behind. <laughs> um. Uh, all right, just uh, one other quick thing because I don't know. We've got the host of the official Last of Us podcast here um, speaking on an episode of the Script Apart podcast. Neil Druckmann of Naughty Dog fame mentioned that he and co-writer Haley Gross have written the story outline for Last of Us Part Three. He said Druckmann said that. Um, they are not working on the game. They have not started on the work on the game, but he hopes to quote one day. Uh, he co- hopes that it quote will one day see the light of day. What do you think about this, Jan? I, do you want? Do you a? Do you want a Last of Us Part Three? And B, do you want a Last of Us Part Three? <laughs> what do you think? You know, what do you hmm. think? Should they be working on this? Are you hoping that this gets made? He very much said. That uh, he said, quote, we've now had two games that I feel speak to something universal, as well as telling a very personal story for these characters. With one game, there's no pattern of what a franchise is. With two games, now there's starting to be a pattern. Now I feel like there are some structural and thematic themes uh, you'd have to stick to if you're making a third game. Interesting. Gosh. Uh, answer, like, quick answer to A and B. A, a hesitant yes. Because at the end of Last of Us Part Two, boy, did I feel just just really bad for quite a while. Yeah, uh, like I, I enjoyed it. I, I love the game. Like some of the moments uh, genuinely shocked and terrified me, and other moments I was like, "Yeah, we did it." <laughs> um, but gosh, the way Last of Us Part Two ends had me just screaming at my screen. Just, just guys, just, just stop. Just please stop. Get along. Okay, punchy. Okay, all right. You're not gonna get along. You're not gonna get along. Yeah. Uh, so, I have no idea where they would go with a third one. Um, I mean, there is a certain baby that right. happens in the second game. Jeff, like, I want that baby to stay pure. <laughs> I do too. Don't be. <laughs> don't put that baby through the hell that every other character in this universe has gone through. Uh, I, I'm with you, Dan. I, I uh, leave the baby alone. Oh gosh, <laughs> Christian, you. Uh, are intimately tied to this franchise. What do, what do you think? Yeah, I, I think if Neil and crew wants to make it, I'd love to see it. You know, I, I don't want them to feel like they're forced or have to, but if they think there's a story they can tell, I'm 100% in. I would well, like clearly to see... they There's an outline of a story they think they can tell. Right? When, and, and to allay his fears of this third game, you know, having a theme and pattern, my pitch, uh, Mr. Druckmann, is introduce the Hulk and make it a comedy. Mm. Like there's room comedy oh, for yes. the third thing in a franchise to, to be totally very different. It opens with Ellie hanging from a chain, talking <laughs> to the devil. And as she spins, there's um, a lot of comedy to be had from the Hulk trying to learn how to play guitar. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 
yes, I, I would love to see another game in this franchise if they want to tell that story. I, I think we've all seen franchises um, overstay their welcome and some where it wasn't even necessarily overstaying their welcome. It's just like the sequel didn't quite connect in a way. We talked about Red Faction Gorilla at the top of the show. The immediate sequel after that was very Ooh, different. Boy. It was like spiders and well, sewers or something. Red Faction I mean, Red Faction Gorilla was the sequel to Red Faction, which yeah, was a very true. different game than Gorilla was. <laughs> so, you know, there wasn't really exactly patterns and themes other than you can, <laughs> you know, destroy environments. But yes, the third game, not great. So, uh, yeah, I'd love to see it and I'd love to host a podcast about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> Christian wants it to exist for very personal reasons. Look, after I wrap as the clicker on the HBO show, I'm going to have a lot of free time on my hands. <laughs> Why is that clicker in every scene with a Starbucks coffee? This is so unprofessional. Amazing. All right. Well, on that note, uh, let's move on and thank our sponsor, which is Squarespace. Hey, do you need a website? The answer is yes. If not today, then soon. We all need websites, especially in this new world we live in, where we're all far away but connected. And if there's any reason for you to have a website, any reason at all, whether you want to blog or publish content or sell things, have a you have a, a physical business, a virtual business, any reason, Squarespace is the place to make your website. It is so versatile and so functional, and the websites look so great that I can't imagine using any other set of tools. I've been using Squarespace for over a decade. JeffCanada.com was built on Squarespace. I absolutely love it. I recommend it to all my friends and family whenever they talk about needing a website. And that's because it is easy. You can make the website yourself. You don't have to hire someone else. You don't have to learn HTML. You can just go to squarespace.com slash Jeff sent me and start building your website today. With their tools, it's simple. You start with one of their templates. These are templates made by professionals. They look beautiful already. And then you start moving stuff around. You, you, it's all what you see is what you get. You just drag and drop, throw in pictures and, and more other text, anything you need, move things from place to place, drop in e-commerce functionality if you need to sell things. It's incredible. It's all hand, anything you need to, to upgrade or, or patch the the site, all of that's handled for you in the background. You don't have to worry about any of that. They have analytics that help your, your business grow, your website grow in real time. They have built-in search engine optimization, free and secure hosting. It is fantastic. I, I really genuinely love Squarespace and have for a long time now. Also, if you run into any problems, they have 24-7 award-winning customer support. Make it yourself. Head over to squarespace.com slash Jeff sent me. Get yourself a free trial. You can use their tools without even putting in a credit card. And then when you're ready to launch, use the offer code Jeff sent me, J-E-F-F-S-E-N-T-M-E, all one word. Save yourself 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain name. They have, I just recently bought a couple of domain names at Squarespace as well. It's a, such a great tool to buy a domain. They have over 200 extensions. You put in the name you want, they give you, variations and options show you how much stuff is priced based on the extension that you want it's fantastic squarespace.com slash jeff sent me promo code 
Jeff sent me. All right, it is time to talk about the games that we have been playing. Jan, what is on your playlist? Oh, on my playlist, I have the new Pokemon Snap called New Pokemon Snap. <laughs> Aptly titled New, po- yeah. new Pokemon Snap. Uh, something tells me you are a huge Pokemon fan. Is that correct? Yes, that is a correct assumption. <laughs> uh, for good or bad, I am a fan of the Pokemon games. Um, <laughs> and actually... I uh, specifically the handheld games. Um, I never had an N64 or a GameCube. So there's a whole couple uh, console Pokemon games I'm not too familiar with. And this past year, I tried out Pokemon Snap and boy, golly, did I miss out on a bunch of stuff. <laughs> and it's just a, a thing that with a combination of the property that is Pokemon and the powers that Nintendo can craft a game that is basically an on-rail shooter, but instead of lining up shots, you're lining up shots of Pokemon, and you're a wildlife photographer. Ah, gosh. And and this game is, is pretty much the same formula, um, but, you know, they introduced the, oh, gosh, five, six, seven generations of Pokemon they've added since the original game. Um, and I don't know if you guys know or have been checking in on the Pokemon games, but they have not aged well in terms of uh, visual fidelity and quality. Right. <laughs> uh, the latest one to come out on the Switch, there's moments in the game where it kind of gets uh, to single-digit frames, which is, uh, you know, the Switch is not the most powerful console, but, uh, you know, you would you would hope for better. Yeah. Um, but I guess since a lot of this is pre-choreographed roots, the team can put a lot more work into how the Pokemon look because they're running through their roots. Um, for those that don't know what Pokemon Snap is. I don't know how that's possible, but you're on a little minecart and it's your mission to take um, scientific photos of Pokemon. So you want them like big and large and doing different poses, doing different things, get a couple tools, um, a scanner to find points of interest in the map while you're going through the route and um, a whole basket full of unlimited apples to throw at Pokemon, whether to give them little treats or just give them a little bonk on the head, make them do a fun little dance. Um, and it, man, just, it just has so much charm. It's so much fun. Um, my partner, she doesn't really play video games much, but seeing the wonder in her eyes as she's like sitting in this cart and then she's not the most adept with like analog sticks um, yet, but she she was yelling, oh my God, it's a Venusaur. And, <laughs> and just seeing her her hype meter Amazing. just shatter through the roof is is awesome. Um, and it, it's fun just to think like this is the only person you're looking to beat is, uh, yourself, your own score, right? It's, it's very low stakes. You know, you're just running through the course repeatedly. Um, there's a lot of fun, neat little secrets similar to the first game where you kind of have to do the right set of things to make stuff happen. And then suddenly a big Pikachu will pop up out of nowhere. Um, and it's great. It's great. Um, I can't recommend it enough. Also, if you uh play your Switch like I do most of the time, handheld, it uses yeah. the gyroscopic controls, which is really, really neat for lining up some of the shots. Because uh, Joy-Con drift, man, still oh, believe me, still it a terrible problem. Daily, my poor four-year-old, 
literally brings him to tears sometimes when Mario just runs off the edge of the world and falls into the lava. And he's like, I didn't do that. I'm like, I know, buddy. I'm sorry. Use the pro controller. Tell him that Joy-Con drift, though, canonically takes place before Joy-Con 7. Yes. Um, And so once he knows that. Mm. Yeah, you that's what I say. Justice it. for hands. <laughs> hands. See what I did there with the hands. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. so. Um, I don't know if they're still awake, but we're getting this game for my youngest daughter for her birthday on Tuesday. Oh. Um, I was so, wondering why it wasn't on your playlist already. That is why it's going to be a like, you know. I'm um, so. She's the kid that's like, you know, some kids are into dinosaurs, some kids are into cars. This kid, we're in the backyard playing like real life battles and i love i love pokemon um but i also don't know it the way a child's brain can and i'll be like uh reflect no dad oh gosh (laughs) 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 and then i'll like up then i still try to use like my dad authority on stuff and i'll be like uh um mega buzz blast oh that's not a real it is you just didn't play pokemon red (laughs) (laughs) amazing uh, I'm so glad I I read I was so excited to see the reviews come out for this and I'm so glad to hear that you're loving it too Jan because yeah. it looks I mean well one Jeff I know you'll say but in VR cuz I do think it'd be pretty dang beautiful in VR. Oh, yeah. But I feel like what the first game did and I have not touched this one yet it brought that Disney ride home like the uh, uh Peter Pan like the Toad's like that kind of thing where you're like looking all around you want to go again to see all the stuff it looks so good yeah and you know this translating really well nintendo land in japan should uh, maybe think about open up one of these rides oh man yeah wild what a cool idea they should do just an entire pokemon park right wouldn't pokemon park be like the coolest thing i have no idea what you would do the whole time because are do you just have a bunch of 10 year olds challenging you to battles <laughs> yeah and then yeah. like you you have to like let them win because you can't traumatize <laughs> a 10 year old in a theme park sir i'm gonna have you to ask you to leave again <laughs> but i won <laughs> you can't keep taking these 10 year olds money <laughs> sir mega buzz blast was not in pokemon red i don't care how many times you insist that it was <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm tempted to make this game my my son's first pokemon wow his his brain is just so perfectly suited to pokemon that my my kid loves ordering things and putting them just like he he loves cataloging stuff in his head uh he wants to know all the names of stuff we he's super into mario right now because we've been playing super mario 3d world and before bed he's like daddy can we look up the names of the bad guys in mario daddy daddy are there ice goombas yeah, there's ice goombas. Oh, can we look him up? He like wants to know all the names of everything, and um, so I think I, I keep it in my back of my head. I'm like, oh my god, if I give my kid Pokemon, it's gonna be just like crack. Uh, if you ever can't find a babysitter, I think you can just give him Animal Crossing too. I think. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. you can't read yet, so that's the problem with all these games. But I feel like Snap might be less reading. But correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, yeah, less less reading. You're just sitting. Taking a nice stroll through uh, a jungle or a lake or underwater, even. Oh. Yeah, you could also uh, teach the little little guy um, good use of the analog controls too. You know, get him prepped for uh, the future Halos and whatnot. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, he's. I'm impressed with how quickly he took to Mario. He can he can pull off some stuff that I am not even able to pull off at this point, uh, which is pretty cool. 
but oh, I'm so excited uh, for this game. Yeah, that's uh, Pokemon Snap, new Pokemon Snap, I should say. Uh, and what else is on your playlist, Jen? Ooh, uh, I added this last minute. I thought about not including this, but near replicant version. Gosh, well, I say it. Lots say of numbers. <laughs> I lots of numbers. Uh, you have it on screen here. One point two. <laughs> no, I'm not going to bother. It's like the square root of pi, I believe. Um, but this is a remake remaster of a game that did not come out here in the U.S. At least um, here in the U.S. It's funny we just talked about Pokemon. Uh, there were two versions of this game. Near Replicant was released in Japan, and here in the states we got Near Gestalt. I mm-hmm. believe that's what it was pronounced. How it's yep. pronounced. Mm-hmm. Um, and in Gestalt, you actually played as a dad of an ailing daughter named Yona. But in Replicant, you play as uh, Yona's brother instead. And for the most part, from my research, the story is pretty much one for one, just a couple of different scenes or lines of dialogue. Um, but instead of bringing over dad near, they brought over brother near. And it's pretty much the same game, but they've done a lot of work in terms of quality of life. Um, the environments in a near game are already kind of drab and dreary, just very PS2 brown muck. Uh, but they did some work to make it less mucky and <laughs> look a little bit more appealing. Uh, the whole game this time is voice acted. It's a, a j- super duper JRPG mind of Yoko Taro. Um, and speaking about the quality of life improvements, they've made it play a lot like Near Automata. Near Automata, like a third person action RPG that you had to finish multiple times to get the actual true ending. And much like in that same vein, this is uh, similar to that. You have a floating book named Grimoire Weiss or Vice, who is constantly cracking wise. And uh, you wanted related to Rachel Vice, I believe. A hundred percent. Grimoire is very hyped for the Black Widow co- movie coming out. <laughs> yeah, really yeah. proud of Rachel. <laughs> really still bummed up about the third Mummy movie, though. <laughs> Can't get over that. Um, and you wind up meeting a, uh, a person that winds up joining your squad. Their name's Kaine, and she is very, very vulgar. I would not recommend playing this game without headphones around uh, children or concerned parents because (laughs) they are just actively angry at any and everything, especially the floating book that is constantly cracking wise. Um, And yeah, like uh, I know this, the original games replicant and gestalt didn't perform too well. Uh, They they performed well enough, but I know automata was super popular when it came out. And if you were a fan of that at all, I would definitely recommend checking out Replicant because a lot of the characters and the story beats that you grew to love or grew at least to become familiar with in Automata are all somehow still around in Replicant, even though it takes place a significant amount of time uh, before Automata. And also, this game takes place after the ending of a Drakengard game, I believe, because... A god was dethroned and then fell onto this world, I think. Hmm. Um, a lot of fun JRPG stuff. Uh, and some uh, there's still some questionable things that I wish they would have changed for this remaster. Namely, uh, Kaine's outfit. Because, you know, I don't think you can take on 20-foot giant monsters wearing um, a neck. A hanky? 
Yeah, yeah. What is basically a hanky <laughs> and some shoestrings. Yeah, yeah. She yeah. breathes through her skin. Okay, <laughs> oh. she needs to have it exposed. We've, uh, yeah. She's powered by the sun, so she needs to absorb <laughs> as much mm-hmm. sunlight as she can. Okay. Okay. I've I've heard that this was another one of not another but a an example of a game that came out ten years too early. It just was kind of missed its moment. And yes, the opening's a slog. I never played the first one. I loved Automata. It was, I think I got four endings. Never the good one. Like never long enough. All right, 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 right. I did two runs for sure. Loved that. And then I don't forget if I finished the third or not. Um, this one's just a total blank spot. But I've heard it's like ten hours until get good. But I've also heard it changes um, kind of genres the way Automata. It's weird to talk about Automata as like this doing what that did when this is first. Like I'm right. in a time loop. But like that was from Replicant of like sometimes it's an overhead or a shmup yeah. and sometimes yeah. platformer. Yeah, that it's this totally does the same thing of like, okay, suddenly we're going to change the point of view and we're now a 2D platformer but you still have to worry about shmup-like elements. Um, and, and that part's neat. I really, I really like it. I will say, though, it, you're completely right about it taking about 10-ish hours to get good or kind of mm-hmm. like sink its teeth into you. A lot of the early bits of the game is just a lot of fetch quests, um, specifically an old lady yelling at me about her lighthouse not working. Um, <laughs> and, I, you know, this is the downside of everything being voice acted now is when I played this originally, I would just skip through the dialogue because I knew what she wanted. I knew what she needed. But now that it's like voice acted, I have to hear her yell at me. And gosh, pro tip, never help an old lady that owns a lighthouse. All right. Good. 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 More. The more, you know, that's a good. Or, the more, you or know, Willem Dafoe. Um, never. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Not, not, not him either. Not him either. Uh, I, I think that's exactly what my question was, is that if you love, you know, Automata, are you, uh, is this does this feel like a step backwards and it doesn't sound like it does really no yeah they've they've tightened up the combat because in gestalt i remember it feeling maybe because the character um that it felt a little bit heavy for the movement and the combat they wanted to be fast but in gestalt it it felt like it wasn't timing up to how i wanted it to be uh but here it it definitely feels a lot tighter and you know they they do the same bits I, well, I guess they originally did it here, but then just sped it up for Automata. But again, if you enjoy the combat in Automata at all, then this this is definitely, I'd recommend trying it out at least. But to get the true ending of this game, you need to get all of the costumes and all of the weapons. Uh, so it's it's a tall, tall task. Mm. Yeah. Well, that is near replicant version. A lot of numbers, uh, which is uh, available now. Christian Spicer, what is on your playlist? I'm going to start on the Wayback Machine and talk about some Double Dragon on the NES, mm. which I was playing via my Switch and the Switch Online, uh, that, that NES catalog. Mm. And the reason I went back to it, if you've listened to this show, I think a good deal recently, we talked about Controller Drift today, um, the clip I use on my, uh, for a lot of... Um, streaming gaming is a um power a uh, i think it's moga clip i'm gonna say it wrong and i really like their switch controllers so i on twitter like what's another third party i'm like i love it so they sent me very kind of them and i have this here in the video 
their fusion fight stick. Ooh, nice on Switch. Wow, nice. Um, which is very very kind of them. They're like, uh, hey, we hear you like Switch, and thank you for saying nice things. And I'm like, thank you for making controllers that are great and don't break the bank. Um, I think this is like 115, 120 bucks. I love this. So it's wireless on Switch or wired if you want. And wired, it also works on PC. Um, and it's the Japanese style domed buttons, really great gate, good weight to it, padding. But it's awesome. As a guy who's owned several fight sticks way back from the NES Advantage through the Genesis 6 button to the Street Fighter Tournament Edition that is just far enough I'm not going to roll for. And then on Switch, I had the Hori Mini, which I know it's like a $40 stick, so it's kind of unfair to compare that. This is the Power A Fusion. Sorry, is the name of this stick. Um, I love this stick. I think it is the perfect Switch stick. I love that it is wireless or wired, so you don't have to worry about batteries running out. And I love that wired. It works on PC. I say all of that, and I reference it all to Double Dragon, because as a guy who owned the NES Advantage, I don't know if there's a single NES game that's not better when played on a stick. Because it's mm. not dual analog. You don't have this stuff. It's mm. it's just a D-pad. And I love brawlers on fight sticks. I play brawlers on fight sticks more than fighting games. Um, and I'm here at a standing desk. So I'll raise my standing desk. We might have talked about this before, Jeff. And I raise my standing desk. I have my fight stick there. And it's like I'm at an arcade. So yeah. when Power Ray sent me this Fusion Stick, the first thing I did is I went into the Switch Online NES and Super NES um, catalog, and I just started playing NES game after NES game after NES game, and I landed on Double Dragon as someone who loves Brawlers. I played through it entirely. It's you know, but isn't 40. there a isn't there a better version of Double Dragon than the NES version? Probably, but the NES I mean, version... It's so bad. Double Dragon Neon, a recent, maybe five, ten years ago, Double Dragon Neon is exquisite. But what I love about Double Dragon, the original, is one that was kind of my entrance to the brawler genre mm. alongside Ninja Turtles. But playing through it again, I was reminded of how vertical of a game it is compared to... I have some gameplay. I actually probably pull it up. Um, compared to a lot of the brawlers now that have kind of moved away from that where it is kind of classic, that TMNT brawler thing, but then the levels will have ladders and you'll still go up the ladder to now then do brawling. But when you go up a level, you're usually then on a flat 2d plane instead of that two and a half D or whatever, you can kind of go up and down. And I think a lot of newer brawlers have moved away from that. Anyway, why did you love- get Capcom arcade stadium? I, yes. I feel like that that's that's what you want, right? Doesn't no, it have No, what I want, Jeff, is Capcom to release all of their brawlers. I want Punisher, I want all of yeah, I, I, I want all of their brawlers. Wait, I looked, I, what's what's in Arcade Stadium? It just came out right in February. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's what's, being expanded now to other consoles as well. It's on Switch. What are the what what are the games? Where's the list of games oh, that add for Warzone? That's fine. Oh, here it is. YouTube. Uh <laughs> It's got well, it's got obviously got uh, Street Fighter, Captain Commando, Brawler. Uh, what else is a Brawler on here? It's it's got mm. a good list of games, but what I'm saying is, uh, I guess the bigger point aside from Double Dragon being a fantastic Brawler, that the NES version is not bad. It's not bad. It's 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 not bad. It's a NES game. Don't get me yeah. wrong. I have a billion other Brawlers here. I'm next to Turtles Hyperstone Heist. I have Turtles in Time next to me. I have Punisher next to me. 
But what I had overlooked until I had an excuse to go back to it because of this stick, those there's so many good NES games and SNES games on the Switch Online service that you could lose a lot of hours to, and I feel like we often forget about it. That's no, my totally. bigger takeaway, Jeff. All right. I'm uh, now I'm looking at Capcom Arcade Stadium and <laughs> shocked that all the uh, CPS One games aren't on here. That's what I'm saying. They're they're not on here. I probably because most of those are licensed. I want uh, Captain Commando being the big exception to that, which is the one that's on here. Oh, here's some verticality in the trailer. Oh, I missed but, it. Oh well. Yes, I, it's I, got I, you know it's got Strider. It's got yes. a lot of games. I mean, all the 1941 games, 1940. Uh, Bionic Commandos on here. A lot of games that would be really great with a stick. With a I stick. Think. When yeah. in doubt, if you're playing on a console's pre-dual uh, analog, in my opinion, a fight stick always makes them better. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. I'm like going through the catalog in my head and thinking yeah sonic wouldn't be half bad it's it's good i just feel like it's really good what i would want and maybe i'm being snobby here but what i would want is the actual arcade rom experience not the bad s bad nes port experience no you're not wrong i mean it's memories, right? So it's a warm blanket. It's just like, yeah. I I want the Punisher arcade game. Uh, I did not buy the arcade one-up cabinet that had it in it because that all I wanted was Punisher and not really the other games and, and also the space it takes up. But my warm blanket still is the Genesis version of that game. So same with Double Dragon. Like yeah. the version I know that I was able to do not a no death run, but a very limited death run was the NES version right. that I also had for free. Um, even Wait, as no, a kid, I was like, I don't want to play Double Dragon unless it looks like the arcade version. <laughs> That's but why be- I remember loving the SNES version of Street Fighter 2 because it's like, it looks like actual Street Fighter 2! Yes, that, <laughs> I, my older brother bought that. I remember we literally sat in, in the room and we were like, it looks like the arcade. <laughs> and then we tried to play it with those shoulder buttons and we were like, we oh, got to save no. up for a fight stick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, amazing so what, what yeah so that's uh what else yeah, is on your on that's your a quickie on uh on double dragon and this fight stick which again is a power ray fusion i love it i love it a lot you'll probably hear more of those uh little things um the next game that i want to talk about is a game that i love i have added it to my also, if they want to send me one i would love it just i'll just say that okay yeah it's, it's a fantastic yeah, i cannot I, I cannot I, recommend this stick it. enough it's fantastic Shade okay. of red really nice yeah, yeah. red was sexy and sexy. it's it's a uh, user changeable faceplate. They give you two and nice. a template, so you can do your own custom artwork. But I kept this because it looks so clean. It does. I, I love an arcade stick. I love a, a racing wheel. Neither uh-huh. of them survive moves. Right when I'm moving, I'm like, ah, I got to get rid of these. It always pains me. Mm-hmm. But I love an arcade stick. I love a I love a racing wheel. Oh, you know? you go a uh, full realistic racing wheel. You get the no. window to get Ooh. it. It survives a move. This is my PS3. No, all mine, all mine, never, yeah. mine have never survived moves. I, I have had many fight sticks. I've had many. I just don't justify them. And I'm just like, I mean, it's not going to be supported on the next generation of console anyway. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't ever, to answer your question, Jan, I don't ever go super realistic, but I do like a pedal. I need at least uh, a pedal. Yeah. And I need to have some like force feedback in the steering wheel. That's my, that's my, my jam. Even though I don't even really like racing games, I do like racing wheels. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so going back to the other game that I love that is on my it's it's on my running for favorite of the year. It's I guess my Christian's Apple Arcade Minute Wonderbox. 
my gosh, this game is incredible. It's on Apple Arcade. It came out whenever that was two weeks ago as kind of the big 180 games are now on Apple Arcade. And it is, imagine the most recent Link to the uh, Link's Awakening remake, mm-hmm. like that kind of aesthetic. That graphically combined with Captain Toad Treasure Tracker, Treasure yeah. Hunter Ooh. Treasure Tracker, view kind of where you're like in these little boxes slash moss where it kind of looks like you're looking at this little miniature kind of thing. A little diorama world. Yeah, a little diorama world. And then also some elements of like Minecraft style thing where, so Wonderbox the Adventure Maker, again, Apple Arcade, there is a standard adventure mode where you just, you can play through it single player and it has these levels and they are beautiful, (laughs) just absolutely stunning art style and really unique in that each little diorama or each little box is its own thing that then to get to the next level it's not a load just a load screen or like you walk you they're all little portals so you go like bloop and then you're in the next little self-contained little square and and sometimes those little squares could just be a hallway just a beautiful little hallway or a little forest that you kind of walk through and then bloop and then you're in a tavern or something like that and the single player campaign I'm maybe half of my half of the way through it I feel like um is just a joy Like it's not, it hasn't for me yet been hard enough where, you know, I'm frustrated or trying to look up solutions online, but enough to be like, Oh, what do I, Oh, cool. There is a key up there. And you got to, you shift the perspective. You can zoom in and out and kind of pivot around the way you can and, and, and toad and just exploring these little, little worlds. And then you get the key and then you go back. So now you have the key. So you get the chest, you get a sword and you have your shield and you have like a little grappling gun zip line. It's like all these little creative elements and the way the developers created their world to kind of walk you through it really shows off what's possible if you build these spaces. And then like a Minecraft or a um, uh, Sackboy, what was it? What's his? Uh, little Big Planet. Little Big Planet. You can create your own levels. And I have not made my own level because I rarely ever do. Um, but I've played some of the user-created levels. Oh my goodness, there are geniuses on this earth. <laughs> I, I played this one that was like a twisting spire that as you were going up, you know, you, it kind of fez-like where you're shifting the perspective of the world to find yourself. Right. And then they play with that and the expectations. So you can always see a silhouette of yourself while you're behind a wall, but then you can't see the ground. So I went up and twisted And then I think they were just like, well, people usually go right. I did. I went right. And then they had a huge drop. So then you're back at the bottom and you got to remember where that is on the next thing. That's just super fun. And again, the visual quality, the art design uh, of, of Wonderbox is, is truly a treat to look at. I tweeted out a short little video of it, of just like standing in this one world where like the wind is blowing and the rain is coming down. Uh, I'm playing it with my backbone. Um, controller attachment i think it's best played with a controller it Mm -hmm. has touch controls but it's kind of that dual thumbs approach got it but on a controller the ui changes seamlessly to show you xa you know lr l1 r1 and then building touchscreen works perfectly Again, I haven't done it, but watching people's YouTube tutorials on it, like they're just, it's kind of like Mario Maker. You want to get in there with your hand or a stylus. I 
am in love with this game. My kids watch me play it for like half an hour and like we're suggesting tips and tricks and it's very family friendly. Um, Wonderbox. Yeah, I forgot that I'm subscribed to um, Apple Arcade. I got the billing notification for this month again and then uh, might have to throw this on the, the tryout list. Wonderbox, the adventure maker, it's on Apple Arcade. Uh, chat has said that Wonderbox on Android is something very different. So yes, Wonderbox, the adventure maker. Uh, this Again, the, the single player kind of campaign is awesome. The user created levels are the ones I've played are super inventive. Um, playing it on a controller, the UI adjusts so that everything is, is right for like with that controller. Then designing on a touch screen um, seems to be the way to do that because you kind of place things where you want. And Jeff, as we've kind of, ranted about you know the mobile game ecosystem oftentimes as this being part of apple arcade there isn't any of that microtransaction but there's still that unlockable goodness that as you play through the campaign it's like oh you get a head and so now i have like a a frog head (laughs) you know or whatever it is so my little guy's a frog or you get new parts for when you want to go um when you want to go build and then graphically it's just stunning it is that Link's awakening kind of art style a st- i should say art design um that i i can just pa- stop in little and some of these little boxes and, and look at them and like i love that the worlds where like the water just kind of ends you know yeah. it's like this self-contained little area it does um, look really cool i'm looking at it right now it does look really neat i like I, the, I like the aesthetic it's cool if you have an apple arcade subscription i i would say it's a must play if you're on the fence about Apple Arcade, I, I mean, I've said this now for three weeks, I think it is worth at least a month. NBA 2K Arcade Edition is fantastic. Hands Clap Golf, I talked about last week, which is just Hot Shots Golf on your phone. Ooh. And uh, Wonderbox, the Adventure Maker. I, I, I truly think that if this game had like Mario or, you know, Pokemon, like some other major IP on it, or if it was on Switch, I think a lot more people would be talking about it. I I think it's kind of got lost. I mean, it has great reviews and great buzz, but I do think Apple Arcade things kind of just get get buried there. I um, wish things these games would come to Switch. Yeah, I think they would be more. Maybe successful. it will after yeah. some exclusive. Fantasian is out now yeah. on uh, Apple Arcade, uh, and I remember hearing a lot of buzz about that, but nothing uh, post release. Very little. Yeah. yeah. That's what that's the game that got me to sign up for Apple Arcade. And I'm and I almost canceled my my free month. And now maybe I'm gonna try Wonderbox before I cancel. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, I, and especially with your son, uh I, I think you, you both will love this game. I haven't yeah. tried it on Apple TV, but I'd get my guess is that it'd be playable there too for a big screen experience. But we're just sitting around on my phone. Yeah. And my my oldest daughter was like, This is a new game on Switch, and I was like, well, this is a backbone controller. Let me tell you. <laughs> I mean, every time we bring up Apple Arcade, though, we have to, I, I just have to reiterate that there needs to be a front end for Apple Arcade. There needs yes. to be a way to just go and scroll through all the games that are in Apple Arcade, not download, download them as individual icons on your homepage, but have a Apple Arcade button you press that leads you into a front end and shows you all the games that are available. That's and, It's and ridiculous that it doesn't work that way. There is not... I don't think there's any super personal information I'm going to show in here. Like you go, oh, there's Wonderbox right there. You go in to Apple Arcade and there's no search from right. within Arcade. Oh. Like, there's general app search. Ridiculous. But I don't want to do general apps. I want to search just through my Apple Arcade games. 
It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous that they're just a loose federation of loose <laughs> grouping. It's an icon that ha- they're, that denotes that they're Apple Arcade. It should be a place you go. It yes, should be a destination. Yeah. There are incredible. Sonic Racing is was like an OG Apple Arcade game, an incredible game. Yeah. Wonderbox, legit on my list right now. And I imagine after Ratchet and Clank and other games come out, it might get pushed further down. But I've been playing it every single day. And I, I, I love it. It's Wonderbox, the adventure maker. Um, the other game, Jeff, I'll, I'll, I'm going to punt to you because you got two games I want to, I want to really want to hear about. Um, and I can save my other game for later. Well, I want to talk about Returnal because that was sort of the big AAA. That release was the one I was week. skipping. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> um, Returnal on PlayStation Five. This is the new game from um um house marquee house marquee yeah house mark the 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 i love the games that this studio has made uh they are fun kinetic incredibly visually compelling interesting but nothing has ever been like this this no. this feels like the next progression for where house mark has gone has gone and I know Christian, Christian, you and I were texting back and forth all week long about whether or not you were going to get it. I was going to get it if we were going to get it. And I know you were very hesitant. A lot of the reviews are like, boy, this game sounds amazing, but also it sounds punishing and hard and frustrating. And I don't know if it's a game for me. And I'm here to tell you, Christian, this is a game for you. This game has DNA of all the things you like. It is, it's like if Control and Dead Cells had a baby. It's, it's Control and Dead Cells and Doom 2016. And um, what else has it got? Uh, uh, Metroid Prime. Yeah, uh, actually. It, it, it's, have you played it? I, I haven't played it, but uh, I, we, we did a quick look or a video on it for uh, Giant Bomb. Man. Yeah. Man, it, it quickly became one of those things that just makes me need to get a PS5. <laughs> it is it is a game that I thought I probably would not like, and I kind of can't stop playing it. Um I'm, you know, I am I flirt with the, the Souls games. I like to think that I can play them. I have played I have played them with mostly in co-op experiences. They're not games that I seek out. I don't I didn't really enjoy Bloodborne. It's just not my thing. I I'm I'm not that's not what I'm looking for out of a video game experience is like to hone my Well, sometimes I am. I shouldn't say that. Sometimes I am. But most of the time uh, you know, I'm not looking for that like super high skill cap like get in there and get better or die trying kind of game. But I do love roguelikes. Uh, I, I more like, I more enjoy roguelites, which is a, a subtle distinction, but the distinction is that those games tend to be a little bit more forgiving and give you a little bit more as you die. You know, in a, in a roguelike, you are progressing as far as you can dying going to the next, trying again, beating your head against the wall, trying, trying, trying until you get better. A rogue light does all that, but also gives you things that also make you more powerful in the next run 
whether or not you get farther. You know, you're you're basically H- accumulating. Yeah. There's a game you, called Hades. It's H-A-D-E-S. I'm not a familiar. I'm not familiar Hades. with that. Hades. Not familiar. Um, I'll have to look that up after the show. I'm not familiar. Okay, sorry. Um, no, but you know, these Rogue Legacy is a, is the game that made me fall in love with roguelites, and I play lots of these games, and so I like them. But but everything I'd heard about Returnal is that it was sort of light. It was it was not a roguelite. It was much more punishing than that. It takes more away from you when you die. And that is not untrue. That is a true statement. Uh, I do believe this game would benefit from being a little bit more... The, the things that carry through death, I think, should be a little bit more impactful. There's very, very little that you can come away with from a run. Uh, and a lot of roguelites, or at least my favorite roguelites, can be a little bit, you feel like, oh, my time wasn't wasted. I actually got something out of a run. I'm, I got some currency that, that transcends death that I can pay things, buy things for my next run, et cetera, et cetera. And I think Returnal would, would benefit from being a little bit more forgiving in that way. But it's real fun. And it's also not, and I'm all over the place on this game. I'm sorry. I, 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 my thoughts are not focused. But one of the things that made me reluctant to try Control, which turned out to be one of my favorite games of that year and our show's game of the year, was how monochromatic it looked and how sort of samey all the areas seemed. Uh, I'm very much one of those people that enjoys a game where I'm in the snow area and then I'm in the lava area and then I'm in the sky area and then I'm in the underground. I like You're that just feeling. You're just talking about Mario right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and every game, really. Uh, but I like variety. I like feeling like, oh my gosh, I've found a new diaspora. I've found a new... It, I like that. I like exploration a lot in games and I like feeling like the game itself has variety and it also helps me sort of navigate games i i i can when things are real samey i i'm not very good with directions in real life and i need i need signposts and markers and and big physical differentiation um so in games oftentimes that look samey from place to place i'm a little turned off and i was at the onset of control and i am a bit with returnal so in a large sense like this game had an uphill battle with me at all and yet i i can't stop playing it it's it's really good it's really fun and really addictive and it 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 comes down to the same thing that's great about control which is really finely tuned third person action shooting you know it it is get an active reload too in there don't you active reload too yeah (laughs) and i love an active reload um and there's just enough environmental interesting exploration stuff to keep me on the hook and like oh what's around that corner and oh what's the story such as it is is pretty flimsy and pretty vague uh but there's kind of cool story stuff too you know like i just did a thing today where i was like oh that's pretty cool um but mostly it's it's that the actual moment to moment of playing the game is really compelling and getting new stuff, powering yourself up, feels really, really good. It feels really, really bad when all that goes away <laughs> when you die. And you can die out of nowhere in this game. Out of nowhere. 
just like turn a corner. The one thing that this game has that is, I think, really great, and I think one of those things that people who play the Souls games enjoy a lot too, is walking through a door and having your heart in your throat because you just don't know what's beyond that door. It could be anything. And oftentimes it's really surprising what will be on the door. I mean, Returnal is like part bullet hell and part like crazy, um, you know, you'll walk into an area and it'll be like a very video game, like wall of lasers, you know? And it's like, can you get past the wall of lasers? Um, Or there'll be a giant orb that's floating, just dumping bullets onto the the, the ground. Uh, And it's like, oh, there's something really valuable in the center of that bullet dump. Do you want to try to get to that? It's... It's really cool that the what's around the next corner, what's in the next area. Oh, I've been to this place before, but it's not exactly how I remember it. The enemies are placed differently. The power-ups are placed differently. I mean, all of that stuff that you like from Dead Cells, Christian, is here. It's Dead Cells in three dimensions. It's Dead Cells as a third-person action game. It, so- really, it really is control meets Dead Cells. I, I mean, you, you mentioned we texted about this. I have not picked up this game. I did not get a review code, and I did not, I did not buy the game. Um, uh, anguish. I'm probably over exaggerating, but like there was uh, so much of this game. I think I would love. It's like people described it as like Metroid, uh, Control, like uh, exquisite. Doom. All these sh- games you like shooting it, yeah, third person action like she doesn't have red hair but like i can look past that um <laughs> it's in a it's in a helmet she could maybe she, maybe it's right there uh, much <laughs> blood it's all red um two things held me back initially and one is that 70 dollar price point which the new normal it it, it is and it isn't because as jan mentioned game pass um right outriders was zero dollars uh <laughs> you know what i mean like in that sunk sure. cost kind of thing um mlb the show so weird zero dollars um for me seeing that on on microsoft too entirely seeing mlb the show and a sony logo popping up on microsoft so crazy so weird so that was one of the first games i played via uh the xcloud ios i was like yeah i'm gonna play this sony game via microsoft subscription service on my apple phone let's go (laughs) Um, maybe breaking the space time continuum, but we'll see <laughs> setting back the returnal loop one more time. Um, yeah. so that $70 price point, And then that ratchet and clank trailer coming out like that ratchet and clank trailer. Sorry, uh, Claire, you don't get a birthday party this year. Like dad's buying that game. Like that's, I, I need it. And then this game, I, we've talked about it on the show. I don't like rogue likes rogue lights i want that i want it light i want it really light so like dead cells i didn't i didn't finish until like the fifth patch where everybody was like now it's easy and i was like finally <laughs> like now well, i can play this is, this is how i'm i'm feeling about returnal I, I i'm fairly early on and i played it compulsively over the last few days <laughs> so i played a lot of it but um i've i've kind of come to peace with the fact that I'm not playing this game to progress per se. Like I'm not asking of it in order for my own sanity and enjoyment level. I'm not setting out in a run to get farther necessarily. I'm like exploring and seeing what I can find and having fun killing these enemies and kind of learning about how I can better kill the enemies and 
what types of power-ups I prefer. And, you know, if, and I tend to get farther each time, but you know, I got to the first boss and I was like, I got to the first boss. And the boss was like, I obliterate you. And I was like, oh, <laughs> oh okay. Okay. I, I, I do not have the skills to pay the bills on this game. And I'm, I'm kind of trying to be okay with that and just go, this is fun. If I don't have expectations about the fact that I got all these great power-ups, I got these awesome weapons. I got this, I got this cool loadout that I'm really digging and I'm dead like that. And next time I can't you, let that affect me or I won't have fun. And that's why I think I won't have fun. Cause next time you won't get that loadout. Like you're dependent right. on the role. So friend of the show. But I don't think it's, I don't think it's quite as much like that as dead cells. I mean, it's still got aspects of that, but I didn't feel as much dependent on the loadout as I did in dead cells, but go ahead. So friend of the show and former, former bomber, Patrick Klepek finally sealed the deal for me on a tweet. He says, this is, I'm going to, just read his tweet. Sorry, Patrick, for uh, stealing your ratio. <laughs> this isn't a review of Returnal, but I have played 10 hours and I've spent a lot of time playing and beating roguelikes like Splunky. It's incredibly fun to shoot and explore Returnal. It's really hard to not, and not entirely sold on the roguelike part. Um, and he posts to an article on Vice and he talks about how the game doesn't allow for that improvement either in gameplay style where you're learning like Splunky, like you, the player are better, but then it also, and I'm now I'm paraphrasing his longer article, which you should read over on vice. Um, but it doesn't also like Hades, this game that none of us have heard of. Um, I can get the same loadout again, if I want, like once I get it, I can keep getting it and be like, this is what I'm going to keep using. And the, to me, the thing that I kind of bristle at is that I might not be able to, beat or progress this game because I never get the role I like. And I don't know if I can have that Zen approach you're having, Jeff. I just, I, I, I think I'm a pass on this game or, or wait for cheap, which hurts. I've never been more confident that you would like something than this. (laughs) It really is just, it's just amalgamation of all the stuff you like, except for the roguelike part, which is not my favorite genre. I like to get, I like to make progress. I like to, always be and the other part about this that's holding me back a little bit and i'm hopeful they're working on it is like no mid-run save like just put your console to sleep and hope that stresses me out yeah i mean there has to be the approach you have to take is like it's going to be what it's going to be that's 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 what you know me because the (laughs) the the compensation that they make for it is that it it becomes easier for you to get to places it it becomes easier for you to get to where you you know you you go farther you go farther you go farther on these runs and then it, it becomes easier for you to start closer to that far point um not really but in in essence and in the meantime it's it's really satisfying to take down these enemies and to learn things and and get you be forced into builds you didn't really like and the builds themselves aren't quite to me I, again i early on so i may be eating these words later but something like dead cells feels like your your build is really different run to run and this game 
you know, you're still basically shooting, <laughs> you know, you're going to get more powerful and there's really cool things you can add in. And, and, you know, it's, it's kind of like a risk of rain style, like layering of stuff on. And, and oftentimes when you're taking something, I mean, a lot of games do this too. A lot of roguelites do this. You're taking something, it gives you a negative on top of the, be- the benefit that it gives you. So you, there's all this like push and pull. And there's a lot of really fun decisions to be made of, you only can carry one item to start. And so what item do you want to have with you? And do you want to go back and leave stuff places? And so you can access it. It's, and they do this really cool thing where you have adrenaline, which gives you benefits at certain levels of adrenaline and you, and your adrenaline builds as you don't take damage, you take down enemies and not take damage and your adrenaline builds. But as soon as you take damage, you go back down to zero adrenaline. So there's all this wonderful you know, push and pull like like Doom did of pushing you forward because bad guys will drop currency and it'll go away if you don't run out and grab it. But you don't also don't want to risk your adrenaline level per se because that gives you cool benefits too. Lots of great stuff going on. The enemies are cool and interesting and scary. I want someone to... This is just for me, a game I think I would like as I'm thinking about it because I love like old arcade games. And in some ways those are kind of the OG rogue game. <laughs> yeah. It's like when you die, yeah. you start at the beginning again. Right. Um, unless you have deep pockets. And I'm, I don't know if I want microtransactions to continue. I don't know what the solve here is. But yeah, just hearing you talk about this game, I think I would love the moment to moment, but I'm picturing myself getting to the fourth biome or whatever it is, dying, and then knowing that I've got Four, I'm making up numbers now, four hours to get back to that point. And those hours will be slightly different, but essentially doing the same thing I've done to then die there again and need to do it all again. Like that is that. But do you feel that that's way a about hell dead I do not cells? think I'd enjoy? Uh, I did until they made it easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you might not like it, but I, I really think you would <laughs> think you would like it because I'll tell you what, you know me. I had the exact same thought. I I only played this game because you knew I wouldn't. <laughs> I knew you told me you weren't going to, and I was like, "Well, somebody's got to play it on the show." I, I don't think I'm going to like it, but I feel like I should have an opinion on it. And um, I'm bl- pleasantly surprised at how much I really dig it. I don't think I don't think I have the skills to like get to the end of this game unless I put in a ton of time. But I'm really having a g- good time with it. It's it's really compelling. It is super tight and fun, and it gives you you like there are a lot of roguelikes that are just like we're going to screw you over on health. You're just gonna your health is just going to go down and down and down, and there's nothing you can do about it. And this game, there are health ways to get health back all over the place. Um, you know, it, it, it is a it is difficult. It is a game that you'll walk out and there'll just be this like bullet hell symphony of death coming at you and you're just like i have no idea how to deal with any of that um so yeah i mean it's not it's not a game that is is not frustrating because then you die and you're like i'm back at the beginning but for some reason there's some compelling pullback to me where i would usually get very frustrated by that and continue to be playing this game all right returnal returnal I mean, I, I kind of—I don't even know if we have time for me to do my second game because I have a lot to say about my second game. We can save it too because it's already kind of a a little bit. Um, yeah, 
let's talk about, I'll talk about it next week. I will uh, say but, for Returnal, just quickly, I, I've heard that the controller implementation is incredible and I've heard the sound design oh, is incredible. Thank you for bringing that up. Oh, I'm so glad I didn't, I'm so glad you reminded me because I totally forgotten to, to talk about that. It, as much as Astrobot is an advertisement for the DualSense controller, Returnal is an advertisement for the DualSense controller. It is going to be the, they talk about it in the Ratchet and Clank trailer that they're going to be doing the same stuff that Returnal is doing, but just Returnal is the first game that I've seen or I've played that does it. And it, it's the new standard. Like Microsoft needs to release a new controller because the, I, you get very early on in Returnal, you get an alt fire mode for all your guns that stays permanent through death. You just always have alt fire on, on whatever gun you pick up. But the way you do alt firing in the game is that pulling the trigger down halfway aims your, your gun and pulling it down all the way aims your gun and cues up alt fire. But because the way the DualSense controller works, it gives you resistance on that halfway point. So you have to like pop it past the halfway point and it, it becomes hard when you get to the, that first notch and then you pop it, pa- excuse me, pop it past that. It feels incredible. It frees up an entire other button because now this single button has two functions. So you're able to sort of not have to, you're able to do more with less. Because that one finger can be doing the work of, of a decision in your mind. Whether, whereas, you know, usually an alt fire mode in another game requires another button press to toggle it. It's so much better. And it sounds like Ratchet and Clank's going to be using that. And probably a lot of Sony first party stuff will. It's, it's going to be how games are from now on. It's just better. It's just so much better. It's really, really cool. And then all of the other sort of context stuff of how subtle the rumble can be. It's fantastic. 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 The game's great. I'm so impressed. <laughs> I'm so impressed with Housemark. Like they really stepped up and decided to do something way more ambitious. The the last game they were going to be doing I remember they announced like a uh, like a battle royale or something and they abandoned yeah. that and did this. And it just is so great. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah, seeing uh, this in motion definitely pushed the uh need to buy PS5 uh idea further in my head. Uh, I think it's justified, especially if you're into, you know, Souls games or games that are challenging and, you know, you don't you aren't put off by that. This game is going to be so rewarding. You're not put off by it because Jan has to be the Souls game of buying a PS5 in order to be (laughs) a tough one right there. (laughs) Yeah, it's very difficult. Um, And yeah, I mean, the game is beautiful. The animation is beautiful. The particle effects are beautiful. It is a drab and dreary monochrome world. And I wish it wasn't like I, I get the aesthetic that they're going for is really interesting and, and kind of cool. I just wish it had more variety. That's very, a very personal preference that I have for games that have more color and variety. Uh, but like Control, which is beautiful in its monochrome world, this game is also be- beautiful in its monochrome world. So, anyway. I think Returnal is is very, very solid 2021 release, for sure. And, makes, and as Jan said, makes the PlayStation 5 a very desirable thing to own single-handedly uh all right um let's wrap things up we do have parting gifts coming up so stick around for those but jano choa thank you so much for being here it's been so much fun chatting with you it has been my pleasure and an honor to be with uh, the both of y'all oh well thank, that's, thank you for saying that can you tell folks where they can keep up with you and the things that you put out into the world 
Sure, you can find my work at giantbomb.com. We're a website about video games like 99% of the time. <laughs> um, I'm a video producer there, so I push the buttons while the other people push buttons to play the games. Um, we do a bunch of funky stuff. You can find me at Twitter uh, at underscore Jan Jerome, where I uh, chronicle my journeys in purchasing Pokemon cards lately, <laughs> for good or bad. Uh, well, I'm going to interject here. Are you writing a book about Target or something? Because I need it. I I need these exploits. Like, I live for them. I don't have Twitter on my phone anymore because it's been a while, but I have a problem. But now that I work from home at home all the time, I'm near my computer or my iPad. Um, And I had been stalking your updates after who, maybe it was Patrick. Somebody, like, first retweeted one of them, like, a month ago. And I was like, well, I don't have Twitter on my phone, but I can go to twitter.com slash underscore Jan Jerome and see what's going on. This is... Can we spend a little time here, Jeff? Jan, please. Uh, <laughs> so I need, to, I need to know a little more context of like the start and where you are and how much of it is tongue in cheek and how much of it is like you're getting bounced <laughs> out of target. So um, I'll, I'll try and be as, as brief as I can with it. Um, Pokemon, the TCG has had another huge boom for some reason during quarantine where people would line up outside targets before they open up in hopes to load up their carts with booster packs boxes tins and that became so much of a problem that targets nationwide had to uh tell people to calm down stop doing this we're gonna hold the stock until friday mornings at 8 a.m you can line up outside the store and then we'll let you buy it uh but then that wound up being too much of an ordeal for people and too dangerous for Target employees across the nation that they, uh, starting this this past week, they implemented a virtual queue. So you get there. Uh, the virtual queue opens at, at 6. You have to find the poor Target manager uh, at 6 a.m. and then sign up from there. But, but the problem that this creates now is is that you can manage a physical line, right? You you could see people trickle in slowly and you keep them outside the store. And I assumed they they wanted to do a virtual queue to, to keep uh, everyone socially distanced. However, now that everyone is in a virtual queue, you just have, and I, I, I am not joking around about this, but you have a group of 50 to 60 people now huddling around the cards, trying to scope out what the stock is still like. Wow, and and apparently this is not just unique to Pokemon cards. Now this this also pertains to um, rookie sports cards. Wow. So we'll uh, I I lined up with my barber. My barber is also named Jan. Uh, go figure. Um, and the first five or so people in line were only interested in buying sports cards. Huh. And this past week, at least, they showed up at nine p.m. the night before. So wow. they showed up on Thursday to to be in line, and then they were told they had to sign up for a virtual queue. And apparently, when these sports cards collectors or scalpers can't find their sports cards, they'll go off and buy Pokemon cards because they know that certain Pokemon cards will uh, you can flip it for a lot. And, and me personally, I'm not in it for flipping or trying to make any type of money off it. I, I like collecting and uh, playing the game. But there are certain cards if you pull them from a pack. It's worth at least three hundred dollars, which is is wild. So these are all random packs, though, right? So yeah. what's, uh, they're just grabbing random handfuls of packs, or how are they determining what to buy? So they'll sell certain tins, and a tin will have 
like eight to ten uh booster packs ah. so you'll get a little bit more bang for your buck that way i see um and, and another thing they implemented is that uh two weeks ago you could get different skews of items so you could get a booster pack a box um and then like uh like a, another two pack of booster whatever now you can only get one thing per item so you can only get one thing from pokemon and one thing from like an nba or nfl cards Mm -hmm. and (laughs) this is it's become so wild because um i've seen tiktoks of people recording fights happening in target lines and these poor employees have to deal with this and 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 i realize i'm just part of this problem (laughs) (laughs) Um, how many times have you gotten into a fight jan uh none that i'm willing to say (laughs) but i've seen some get really close and it's like people lining up for black fridays right like the old days of that yeah but every friday oh my god that's wild i had no idea is this sort of like a a a weird side effect of of covid lockdown or was it happening before i so i was i i took a break from pokemon cards like in 2020 uh but 2019 you could find them on shelves no problem yeah. You know, like I'd rather go to like a local card shop or a game store to support them. But the local shops now have no stock or they they have to charge up the wazoo to um to, to make up for competing with targets and other big box stores. I, I think it is part of like quarantine and everyone having a little bit more time on their hands, maybe. Right. Or, or they just want that like little boost of adrenaline of like pulling a shiny card. But it is it is a wild, wild world. And I, I can only see it like getting progressively worse, unfortunately. Wow. Um, because now, like apparently Cor- Target Corporate has told their employees like, hey, if you want to call the police on people camping outside of Target for Pokemon cards or whatever, feel free. Don't worry. And in like the '90s, and, and sorry if this went longer than, uh, so I, but I love it. I, 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 I love it. Like the '90s value has skyrocketed, also of like those OG cards, and mm-hmm. so I think that's kind of part of it too. I think part of it is Pokemon is as big as it ever was. Um, mm-hmm. Like my kids love it. You know, the new generation comes in, and then olds like me uh, want that nostalgia fix. They're going to go play like. I, you know, I, I talked about it on this show, like playing TCG with my daughter and like getting into it, and then us on like we went we were one of those dumb dumbs who went to mcdonald's on a whim and i was like i think it's the happy happy meal <laughs> and we get there and there's like people with pitchforks like not for you um so i think it's that value of like the 90s collector or early aughts collectors cards plus new people getting into it and even the new cards now it's just, like yeah. someone that like a pack that was just made that just came out you if you you know get lucky in that gotcha sense of the word you can flip it for a couple hundred bucks it's yeah. wild yeah well, how about uh, Magic the Gathering? Because I got boxes and boxes of that. It, it's funny and, and and sad because you'll go to a Target on a Saturday or a Sunday and the sh- card shelves are barren except for Magic cards. <laughs> I picked the wrong horse. <laughs> Which means that you should buy them now because those those are like the Barracuda. You know, like it's the yeah, thing that no one yeah. collects that becomes valuable. So I Jeff, got, don't, keep I got holding on so to so much Magic the Gathering. I got a lot unopened. Too. I got a lot of unopened packs of Magic from a guy who doesn't keep their fight sticks. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Boxes of unopened. I'm an, I'm an enigma. Honestly, Chris is right. You should, you should still sit on those because um, an unopened box of 
ah, 2019 sports booster packs are going for upwards of a hundred a pack. Wow. And that's just like a pack. Yeah. That's insane. Well, hopefully the same happens to magic, the gathering and I'll be retiring early. Everybody. (laughs) This is our last episode of DLC. It's called (laughs) Jeff hit the magic jackpot. Maybe nice. That would be nice. Uh, amazing. So you can follow all of those escapades. I am now going to be following that just to read about it uh, over at uh, Jen's uh, Twitter account. That's so good. It's so Christian good. Spicer, what about you? What do you got going on this week? Twitter's the best way, at Spicer. You kind of can't see it, but off camera, but for folks that supported Consequences, I have the mailers here for the book. The book, the digital editions will be going out this month. The pins and stickers are in physical production. The physical book will be going into production soon. Everything is on schedule, which is awesome and exciting because that's always the scary part of putting something into the world is then things get delayed. Everything so far is on track. I'm very excited. Um, and then I have a newsletter that you can find at tinyletter.com slash Christian Spider. Christian Spider. Christian Spicer, where I do not write about spiders. That Christian Spider would be a, such a cool guy. Oh Wouldn't he be God. cool? Wouldn't that guy be cool? He's had yeah, like a tattoo spider. on his forearm that comes alive. You know, yeah. he's like, yeah, go my baby. Christian has a spider. black turtleneck. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, go follow. I'm a loser. Jeff, what about you? What do you have? <laughs> uh, well, um, I can be followed at Jeff Canada, which is spelled with two N's and one T. And um, I have not been on any of my podcasts for uh, a week now, at least, uh, just because of family stuff. But you should be able to hear me on my usual haunts now. Um, coming back to the Slash Filmcast, which will be at SlashFilmcast.com. We're going to be reviewing the aforementioned Mitchells versus the Machines. This week should be a fun, lively talk about that delightful movie. Um, and I also do a comedy science show called We Have Concerns with Anthony Carboni. You can find that at WeHaveConcerns.com. And uh, the Dungeon Run, which... They were very gracious, and we got the amazing Amy Vorpal to jump in and do her published. There was a brand new official Wizards of the Coast uh, public uh, publication called uh, the Candlekeep Mysteries, I believe, and she she, w- she wrote a module in that, and so she's doing that module. She's DMing that module for our players uh, while I took a couple of weeks off. You can find that uh, the that on our YouTube page or our twitch twitch.tv slash the dungeon run also uh the dungeon run on youtube uh it's also an audio podcast you want to check that out and i will be back on the 12th i believe is when i will return and do the rest of our story with the heroes of bingle hope you check it out it's really fun all right let's wrap the show up now with our parting gifts That's the best that's version. The weirdest thing I've ever that's, heard. That's Christian Spider's version. No one Why cares. Would that have happened? Jeff. Why would that have happened? All right. Well. That all works. That's okay. always a good one. I'll yeah. do it in I'll do it last. Whoa, it's just <laughs> no, I want that. okay. All right. Um <laughs> Harding gifts. Uh Jan, do you have a suggestion to help people get through their week? Ooh, uh hydrate or dihydrate. <laughs> You gotta you gotta drink water is what you're saying. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, when I say hydrate, please drink water. You know you're absolutely right. Drink water. It's a perfect suggestion. Perfect suggestion. Um, I have actually a doctor's mandate to drink my water, so I got I, I I believe it. Don't be don't be me. Listen to Jan and drink more water. 
Um, Christian Spicer, you got a parting gift? We've talked around it. I'm just going to straight up say it. Mitchell's versus Machines is incredible. What that Sony Animation Studio is doing, I think they're pushing animation forward in ways that other studios aren't. Um, Spider-Verse was stunning, and this film is is stunning. And again, the art direction um, is just exquisite with what they do on screen. My whole family, we all got together and watched it on Friday when it came out, and my kids loved it. My wife and I loved it. Um, it's really, really, really well done. And the only nit I have with it is that I, well, one COVID wouldn't let me do this anyway, but I wish I could see it in theaters. I feel like it, I mean, it's beautiful. It was beautiful on my TV, but I, at some point I do want to see it on a big screen and it's Netflix only. Um, but my gosh, it's stunning. It is made for a big screen. In my opinion, don't watch it on your iPad. Like get the biggest screen you can for it. So it's so good. Several iPads is what you're saying. Yeah. yeah, Yes. The 12 inch pro is what I meant. I meant the big one. Yeah. (laughs) It is very, very good. It is. It's very good. Um, We have a listener suggested parting gift. This comes to us at dlcfeedback at gmail.com. It comes from Dave from Kamloops, British Columbia. Uh, Hello, I'm a longtime listener and have really enjoyed all the quality entertainment that you guys continue to regularly produce. Here's a parting gift. I've been meaning to send for quite a while now as a, as a patron and listener of the slash film cast, although I'm a bit behind, uh, I've been recently hearing Jeff and those guys discuss the new animated show invincible. Yes. Awesome. Uh, I've started watching it and it reminds me a bit of this parting gift recommendation. I know that you two are big fans of all the various superhero stories, and I'm sure most of your audience is as well. So here's one I really enjoyed. The story is called worm. And it's a web serial written by the author, author Wild Bow. Or Wild Bow? I guess it's Wild Bow. Uh, not sure of the real name. The story was started in 2011 and finished in 2013. It was pretty amazing to follow it as it developed. And the author releasing two chapters a week on a very strict schedule. The writing quality is very good considering the time pressure uh, that he put on himself. And each chapter is a very reasonable size for reading in small, easily digested chunks. I won't say too much about the story because it blew my mind in terms of its scope and creativity, but it starts very small and just keeps expanding. The story revolves primarily around a teen girl who has developed very unique superpowers, and she lives in a world where there are many other, although still rare, superpowered folks. There are both individual soups and teams, both good and criminal, and the creativity of all the characters and their crazy powers and the descriptions of the intense fights are really quite amazing. Anyway, the story is massive and very entertaining. It's also fairly dark, but definitely worth checking out. And it's free. Just search for Worm Web Serial in Google. Pops up right away. I think any fan of superpowered entertainment will enjoy it. Thanks again. I really appreciate all your work. Uh, Dave from Kamloops, British Columbia. Thank you, Dave, for writing in to dlcfeedback at gmail.com. If you'd like to have your parting gift read on the show, Send it to us, dlcfeedback at gmail.com. Mine is one I'm sure everybody else has heard of. I'm, I'm late to the party on this one. I'd never heard of it, and I don't know how I missed it. Millions of followers, millions of people watch it. It's the first time I had ever watched the Vsauce YouTube channel. Oh. Everybody yeah. knows about it but me. I was the last to know. I don't know why nobody told me about Vsauce, uh, but I have now fallen down that rabbit hole. It's phenomenal. Uh, if you are like me, I'm bringing it up so that you won't be like me anymore uh, and be the last to know. Because Vsauce is uh, its science, it's deep thinking, it's interesting. You'll learn something delivered in a very, very cool, interesting way. Um, 
highly recommend it. And you probably have already heard about it because it's got millions of views, millions and millions of views. Um, but I just watched their, uh, the, the, um, Vsauce, like, uh, the, the death of reasoning or something like that video. Phenomenal, phenomenal stuff. So there you go. Check it out on YouTube. Ooh, can right. I, can I get one more parting gift, please? Oh, please, please, please. Uh, a hundred percent check out warrior on HBO max warrior. It's, um, uh, a 19th century Chinese gangs in San Francisco. It's like a spaghetti Western, but it's all martial arts. And they do a lot of creative stuff of interweaving uh, people speaking in Cantonese to actually speaking English. It's really well done. And if you're looking for some martial arts stuff uh, this and stuff that's like, you know, loosely based on history, it's really, it's really neat. I can't recommend it enough. It just got a, a, a third season announcement, right? Is that? Yes. And yes. isn't, wasn't it also like, bruce lee developed like before he died and then yeah it, it, it's like, like loosely forward? it's like loosely based on some notes he was taking on stuff he wanted to make so uh like the main character definitely fights in the same style that bruce lee does and you know it's it's loosely based on some history so there's some uh, stuff you might gleam from there hmm. and as as a native uh, of the bay area it's really cool to think about the the rich history and dark history in uh san francisco chinatown Awesome. That's Warrior. Warrior. And you said it's on HBO Max? Yes. Formerly on Cinemax. Very, very cool. All right. That's going to do it for this episode of DLC. Thanks again to Jan Ochoa and Christian Spicer for hanging out with me. Thanks to all the folks in our chat room hanging out with us live, watching the video version of the show. We appreciate you. Thanks to our musical contributors, Patrick L., Sean Madigan, and Zero Star for making those cool bumpers. And thank you to each and every one of you who download our show every week. We're grateful for you. We'll be back next week. Until then, think about what you put out into the world. Make it a better place.